Welcome to Happily Ever After is Real, interviews and conversations with women, created to share wisdom, strength, joy, and inspiration for finding true love in a busy and constantly changing world. Happily Ever After is Real is a Be More You production. You can follow us on Facebook or visit us online at bemoreyou.co. I'm Tricia Bennett. My guest host today is Heidi Bertram. On behalf of myself and all of our guests, welcome and enjoy. Today, we're going to address a couple more questions from our listeners around men and dating. And remember, if you don't have what you're looking for yet in the area of love, it's not because you're broken, it's simply because there are a few skills that you don't have yet. Listening today will move you toward gaining those skills. If you are a note taker, you might want to have a notebook handy because there's a lot of great information ahead. I got two questions this week, and they're interestingly related to one another, which happens quite frequently. The first question is, I know we're not there yet, homework assignment number 15, but how exactly do you get men to do things for you without asking? <laughs> so um, in your um, e-packet, the homework list, um, number 15 reads, allow men to do things for you without asking. Open doors, carry groceries, pay for your coffee. This will happen because of how you are being. Allowing and receiving are feminine forms of causing. So I was thinking about this, and I'll ask anybody else to chime in who wants to, but, um, you know, I say this a lot, that every single every single homework assignment on this list was really profound to me, you know, and I, I honestly have to say that every homework assignment on this list started out sounding really stupid to me. <laughs> every time I was given a homework assignment, I would think, you know, why would I want to do that? Why is that something valuable for me to master? And one of the ones that I really didn't like and that I get a lot of, um, you know, when I'm supporting women, one of the ones I get the most flack about is going online and doing online dating. And I have to say that it was the one that I probably disliked the most. It was the one that I felt was going to be the least useful and the biggest waste of my time. And I actually met my husband on Match.com. So... You know, all of these assignments are there for a reason. And when we encourage you to do them, there's a reason behind each one. And the things that apply to how, how do you have men do things for you without asking um, really have to do with studying men. And the, one of the best places to do that is to go online. And what I learned through the process is the best way to have men do things for you without asking is to appreciate who they are without words. And the way that I learned how to do that is by studying men and by going online and studying men. And I would 
um, hide my profile so that no one could see that I was looking. Because oftentimes, um, on a lot of the dating sites, if you view someone, you show up in a in a mailbox within their account that says who viewed them. So I would block, I would hide my profile so that no one could see that I viewed them, and I would read you know, maybe 50 or 60 profiles in a night. I'd sit down for two or three hours and I would read profiles. And I would really study men like I was studying some kind of homework. This is what I like about men. This is what I don't like about men. This is what I think is attractive or humorous or valiant. And I started to be able to carry that studying of men over into my life. So it didn't feel for a long time like the Internet was real life. It felt like it was sort of like I was studying imaginary people. And then I realized that I was starting to be able to study men and see who they were out in the world, at a coffee shop or the bank or the grocery store or you know, on the boat from Martha's Vineyard to the mainland, you know, that I was seeing men differently. And the way that men started doing things for me without me asking was that they would catch me appreciating them. They would catch me seeing who they were without saying anything to them. They would catch me noticing them doing something nice for someone. They would catch me noticing them you know, being valiant or they would catch me seeing a look on their face that I could tell that I was looking at a good man, that there was something about him that I appreciated. And the more I did that, the more I would authentically be able to see what was great about men, the more men started saying things to me like, can I carry that bag to you for the car? Or can I get your coffee? Or what are you having for breakfast? I'd like to to do that for you. I'd like to buy that for you. And I just noticed that I didn't have to say anything to them because it was how I was being more than anything that I could have said that had them feel appreciated and honored. So, you know, all of these homework assignments thread together and work together. And the more you practice each one, the closer to mastering the other ones you are. So I'm wondering if there's anybody out there who wants to share anything about about really studying men and what you've learned through the process of studying men, about yourself, about how to identify good men, does anybody want to share anything about the process of studying men? Um, this is Lisa. Yeah, I I think that um, oftentimes when I went out on dates, I I, I first let, I kind of sat back and just kind of let them talk, and I watched not so much what they said, but watched their body language and their and their eye language and everything. It's amazing. You know, everybody does it, but particularly it's like you get a lot out of how a man a man holds himself. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and how confident he is about, you know, his plan and what he's doing and, and kind of, um, well, you know, when you start talking about, uh, you know, like what kind of relationship they want and stuff, um, you can tell, not so much by the words, but the, by the way, you know, their eye contact and, and, you know, whether they kind of shift their, you know, body and stuff, whether they're yeah. kind of like giving you the truth, the truth, the truth, or they're, they're, you know, because they're not sure what their truth is, or they kind of want to like give you what they think you want to, <laughs> you want to hear type of a thing. Yeah. So, um, I found that that was really, really important. And you're right, Trisha, reading them, you know, if you read, if you read like 40, 40 more, you know, write-ups, um, you'll be, you know, you'll get a very good sense of like, um, who, you know, not, not to say that, that people, guys who write paragraphs and paragraphs are, are more in tune with themselves. Actually, I think some, the guys that write the less sometimes are more in tune with their insulting guys who write, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs. But, um, um, but yeah, it, that, that was a really good experience. You really kind of got a good sense of where men were at based on, um, their, um, studying their profiles too. Yeah, thanks for saying that. You know, I was thinking as you were talking that reading online profiles is almost like speed dating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't, except the, the bonus is you don't have to be there for it. Well, yeah, and the interesting thing of it is is that actually some of the best men that I've I, I've met over my lifetime, you know, um, some you know they wouldn't know they wouldn't even know two sentences to write on on you know on a on an online dating thing. Yeah. So it's not so much the brevity or the shortness, but it's it's um, actually I got nervous when a guy wrote too much uh-huh. after a while because I thought that. He wasn't as confident or within himself as maybe, you know, he, it's almost like the opposite of women, you know. Women tend to write a lot to be more descriptive, but men who don't, not to say that, (laughs) I'm not judging anybody, but I'm just saying that uh, just because I don't don't want women to turn away men who don't write very much. Mm -hmm. Because it's not necessarily, doesn't mean mean that... um, they don't, uh, they're not good men and they don't know who they are and what they want. Yeah. You know, the other part of that that was great for me was that um, I really needed to learn what a good man looks like. You know, I didn't grow up in, in a family where my parents' marriage was a great um, example to me of what I would want it to look like. And I didn't grow up in a family with a legacy of great marriages. And, you know, one of the things I learned from all the married women that supported me while I was dating is that, you know, there are people who just know how to pick great men because their mothers did and their grandmothers did and their great-grandmothers did. And so it's, it's ingrained in them. And then there are others of us who maybe didn't have the greatest role models, and we really don't know how to pick great men. We tend to repeat the same pattern of not picking great men over time. And so, you know, really studying men 
taught me really how to, um, it was almost like rewiring myself to be attracted to a different kind of man. You know, and I did that by studying men, either online or out in the world. And I, I really taught myself to be attracted to something different than I had grown up with. And it was amazing. The minute I started really appreciating men, how my relationship with every man changed, whether I knew them or not. And men started taking care of me when they felt acknowledged. So I really encourage everybody. You know, somebody mentioned to me today that, you know, men really do have bullshit meters. You know, they really have radar for inauthenticity or whatever that if that I think that's the right word you know they have radar for when you're not being authentic so it has to be authentically appreciating them in order for them to take action you know you get a sense of how much you appreciate men by whether men offer to help you support you pitch in for something and the more you appreciate good men, the more attractive you are to them. So it's all part of getting to a place where you're appreciating good men and they appreciate you back. And then you're on the then you're on the track of finding the right man to marry. So that was the first question. Does anybody else want to say anything about um appreciating men, about having men do things for you without asking? about where you are on your journey in terms of being attracted to good men? Um, Trisha, this is Sandra. Yeah, hi, Sandra. I will just say that um, one thing men are really good at, at figuring out is whether you respect them or not. And when you come across with an attitude that men are jerks, they get that. You don't have to say one word. They get it. They get it really clear. So if you have an issue along that line that you think men are jerks, then get what you need to clean that up and change your context about it. Because it's like you're it's like you have a neon sign on your forehead that says you're a jerk, you're a jerk, you're a jerk. Yeah. And they they really will avoid you. And when I began to believe that real, men are really wonderful, they're not all for me, they're not all the right men for me, but they're all wonderful. And it's clear. And my husband said to me once, when you walk into a room, men, there's something about you that men see. And it is that. I don't have to like them all. I don't have to, they don't have to be all my type. But you have to be able to have a respect for men if you want them to be attracted to you. They get it really clearly. That's all. That's great. Heidi, I want to just, I'd like to add one thing. This homework assignment, similar to the number five, was probably my high vomit factor one. And when I first did the workshop and this was assigned, I, I love it because what I was doing, it was on my terms and my way, and I said, no way in heck am I doing that homework assignment. And Sandra, of course, was great and said, 
how is it working for you doing it your way? So I, I immediately saw that not only did I not accept the woman's help, I had, during the workshop, I saw that my context with men was, I don't need you. And I said, oh boy, I wonder why they're not picking up, taking the trash out and doing things like that for me without me even saying something. So this one really, really changed my life because I took a, I took a risk and I actually asked a few men that I used to work for and with, and I said, how do you perceive me in relationship with men? So one of the homework assignments was to observe men. I took it a step further because I couldn't figure it out. I asked one of the um, senior execs and he said, he said, Heidi, you're untouchable. And boy, was that a tough pill to swallow, was to actually ask a man, how do, how do I come across to you? And you know, would you like to take my trash out or carry my groceries? And he said, no, you have it all handled. You definitely come across as you don't need anything or anybody. So this homework assignment had me see this almost like hidden context or had me see my low self-esteem when it came to men. And so I encourage you all, take a look at if men aren't running up to you and really taking, taking action around you, running to open the doors or, you know, it's, Take a peek at what it is in your own self that you might be sending out a message. And for me, it was, I don't need you. And in the workshop, Trisha does a great piece on looking at your context. So when I shifted my context to, you know, I, I do need men. I need, I need people in my life to support me. It's, it's made a world of difference. My neighbor to this day runs out when the trash comes and, and runs and brings my trash over to my to my doorstep. And that's because they can see our, our context a mile away. And and it's been a huge this homework assignment is so powerful. So take it on. But look at what you think your context might be. What are you holding in relationship to men? And mine was, I don't need you. And I realized how I do anything is how I do everything. I didn't need a lot of women in my life either. I had it handled. So really take this one on. This one's going to share and show you a lot about how you are showing up in relationship, not only with men, but with women. And I love my context now, which is I do, I need people. I'm allowing and receiving the love in. And if it wasn't for that shift, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have men helping me out the way I do now. So it's a great question. This is the hardest, one of the hardest homework assignments I've had to do. But surrendering to it, I saw a huge, huge piece of how I was showing up, which was very, very masculine around men. So take it on, everybody, because I encourage you to see what that is and just really create, you know, bust through it so that men show up for you in a way that you deserve it. Great. Yeah, this is Lisa. I know I even got to the point where I had to just practice making, you know, like looking at men and saying hello. And as Heidi said, insights, you know, just like that I didn't need that particular person, but to look in a guy's eyes and inside say, I need you. I I, I, I need you. And I really, 
I got confronted, like, how um, I didn't want to need them. Mm. Like, it was very, you know, like, I could feel the anxiety even as I practiced, you know, as I, you know, I just practiced it, you know, just making eye contact, smiling, and in that moment, thinking, I need you. Because it, because I was like very much like Heidi in, in that I didn't need anybody, and and what was really underneath that was that I was scared to need anyone. Mm. Because if you really need them, they, they're not there. They won't, you know, they won't hang around or they won't be there for you and stuff. And so I compensated by, you know, being that where I didn't need anyone. I got, I had it all handled. So for me, it was it was even a more of a step back. And, you know, just to be able to look men in the face to the point where I could feel comfortable with myself being okay to need them and feeling safe about it. So I'm just going to, you know, I wanted to share that because I don't know if that's going on for anyone out there or not, but I wanted to put it out there. That is so fantastic, Lisa. You know, it's really... There's a part of the workshop where I say, if you're not married, there's a reason. And we all have reasons. If we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and not married, there are good reasons that we're not, that we don't want to be hurt physically or emotionally. We're avoiding something. We're avoiding pain and hurt by not being married. And... So in order to get through that, we have to look at what's between us and men, what's between us and having a really great man in our lives. So thank you guys for sharing. Happily Ever After is Real is a Be More You production. We welcome your questions and suggestions for future podcasts. Well, that's it for this episode. Wherever you are at this moment, we hope that you can feel your own unique happily ever after taking shape. If you're a single woman looking for love, we invite you to attend our powerful two-day relationship workshop for women, designed to help you embrace the amazing woman that you are and empower you to find the love of your life. Visit us at bemoreyou.co and register for Monday morning love notes for women. You'll get a calendar of all of our upcoming events. If you're a business or individual who would like to sponsor or advertise with us so that these and other exciting programs can be available to women worldwide, please contact us at bemoreyou at live.com or in the U.S. at 1-508-645-5099. If you or someone you know has a special love story to share, we'd love to hear it and share it. Please message us on Facebook or contact us online at bemoreyou.co. Until next time, I'm Trisha Bennett. From all of us at Happily Ever After is Real, thank you for listening, and we wish you love.